study on 2 Corinthians 12, verse 6 to 9. And this is about, um, Paul wrote this, he wrote the letter of Corinthians. And for most of you that know Paul, I mean, he was a great academic scholar, is Hebrew of Hebrews, from the tribe of Benjamin, you know, a Pharisee. So he was quite smart. He was quite out there. Anyway, I'm going to, um, he wrote a lot of the books, two of the New Testament. So I'm going to read this and I'll just see. First, actually, I'll pray. I'll pray. Father God, I just pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, as I speak, it will be your spirit through me that you're, you will um, give me the words to say, the message that you want for each and every person that's here and listening. Lord, that you will give them the revelation, the challenge, whatever it might be, Lord, and anything of me will fall to the side. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to read the whole lot first and then I'm just going to go through some. It says, this is Paul speaking, Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So this this is Paul, he's right up there, great scholar, and he is giving us a, a real true example of something about himself. He's being vulnerable here. He's actually, you know, saying that he's got a thorn in his flesh. Now, he doesn't say what that thorn is. And different people, academics and things, have tried to say, oh, I think it's this over the years, or um, I think one of them, his eyesight, or something like that. And they've tried to say what they think um, that his thorn in the flesh was. But to me, if Paul had wanted us to know, he would have spelled it out clearly, and he didn't. Why? Why? What's he got? What is his thorn that he doesn't want to let people know? Because we have thorns in our flesh, and we should be, you know, going to God with these thorns that we have in our flesh. I'll go into that a bit later but you've got to be very careful if you speak to somebody with some thorn in your flesh some problem that you're going through you got to be wise who you actually speak to God is always first um, so here he is saying that um, you know he had these um, surpassingly great revelations, you know, in, into the third heaven, God took him up. He had these revelations. And he's saying that in order to keep him from being conceited, he was given a thorn. And it's something that I, I'm like, when I come up here to preach, 
Like, I know one of my thorns, and I've got a few, okay? I've have got a few thorns. <laughs> um, one of my thorns is, you know, when I have to come up here and um, speak, I am fearful. I, you know, like struggle with coming up here. I'm like, oh, God, do you want them to stay or go? You know, like, I'm always like, I don't want people to leave because I've offended someone of what I said and... You know, so that's a thorn that I have to overcome each time is, you know, my fear. But what it causes me to do, it causes me to go to God and, you know, get on my knees and study the word because I don't want anything in myself, you know, coming out that shouldn't be. So it is one of my thorns. And, you know, if, if I say, God, take this fear away from me, you know, take it away from me, help me um, not to be scared. But if I've got it in my own strength then, do I go to God? No. So here God's saying, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you because in your um, weakness, he comes strong. He is made strong, you know. And so that is... um, a thorn that's probably going to stay with me because it causes me to go to God. It is, um, you know, fear comes from the enemy, but God uses it for good. And his word says that what Satan means for harm, God will use for good. So in Paul's um, thorn, you know, like, and it doesn't say whether it's a physical issue, a mental issue, an emotional issue. He's just been really transparent that he has got a thorn and he's not going to tell you what it is. Excuse me. So you yourself, when you have a thorn, you know, it's not like you rock up. Everybody's got thorns. You don't rock up to life group and share it the first time that you go there. You don't go and tell somebody in the supermarket checkout, you know, about your thorn. You, it's, it's usually you keep them hidden. You keep them, you know, you don't want other people to know that. And that is one of the enemies, um, you know, like a, a strong, stronghold he can make that in your life because... He'll bring shame on you, guilt, condemnation, and he'll try to keep you, keep that hidden in the darkness. See, Paul asked God two times. Two times he pleaded with God to take that away. And it only says in the scripture that on the third time, God answered him. So the other two times, God was silent. While you're asking God to take that away, because there are some thorns that need to be taken away, and there are others that God will use for good, and his grace is sufficient. But you need to discern the difference between the thorns that you have in yourself. And while Paul was praying and God was silent... What would have been going through Paul's mind? What goes through our minds when we pray about something and God is silent? You know, God doesn't love me anymore. God's not listening to me. 
Paul must have fallen. Paul must have done something wrong, you know, for him to come to God and say, probably, this is just my opinion here, that he's come to God and he's like, God, you know, I'm sorry, I've mucked up again. Can you please take this thorn away from me? Can you please take this temptation away from me? Can you please take this issue that I'm having over here away from me? And God is silent. And with ourselves, we're like, I'm not good enough. You know, God, you're not listening to me. You've mucked up again. You're always failing because the enemy likes to throw something at you and then he likes to condemn you with the thoughts after you've done it. You know, oh, you should do this. You know, it'd be okay to do this. You won't get into too much trouble. It's just one time. You go and do it and then, oh, you're so bad. You know, you're worthless. You know, you suck at being a Christian. That's what he torments you. Can you say that on, I don't know, was I not? I know you're laughing. It's okay. I'm staying for the moment. Okay, so, you know, we, when we go to God and we pray, God, take this desire away from me. Um, take this darkness away from me. I don't want to do this anymore. Why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? You know, that scripture, I think, I haven't got that scripture, but it brings it back, you know, the one in, um, I think, Romans where, you know, I do what I don't want to do and the other way around. I'm not going to say it because I'm all. <laughs> so, um, you know, so sometimes, you know, God takes the thorn away. I remember, you know, I was 27 years old, I had three kids, I was married, um, my life was crap. I was going through so much stuff and, um, you know, like I was in an abusive marriage and um, not a day went by where I didn't smoke bongs. You know, like I was on dope like every day to get through my day, like to, to cope. So take the edge off, I would escape. You know, I'm still functioning, doing everything, but in my mind, I'm just fuzzy. You know, so I don't have to um, think about the stuff that's happening that's hurtful, that's cruel, that's mean. You know, it would take that off and I could still, you know, love my kids and do everything. But I was addicted to drugs every day. And when I, at 27 years old, turned to God and said, God, I've had enough. I want you in my life. I want to, you know, go the right way. God immediately took that addiction, that thorn away completely. And I didn't have a bong again. <laughs> I just thought bong. Another one. I didn't take drugs anymore after that, you know. So, and if anybody here knows my mum and dad that's friends with them, all right, they're nearly in their 90s, please don't tell them these stories because you'll put them over the edge probably really quick. And they don't know how to watch YouTube or have Facebook, so I'm pretty safe telling them now. Even though I'm 54, please don't tell mum and dad. Keep it quiet. Um... So sometimes God will take it away and sometimes he won't. So in the verse 8 it says, 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace, unmerited favour, a gift, God's grace. You know, that word gets thrown around a fair bit, but, you know, to understand the grace of God, that he just you know, forgives us and loves us no matter how many times we fail. I just, um, I was reading an article, I printed it out actually, and this dad wrote this, so I'll just sort of cruise over it. But um, they adopted this little eight-year-old girl. She'd been adopted before, but that had fallen through. Um, And so this family, he adopted her and... He found out that when she was with the other family, they used to go to Disneyland once a year, but they wouldn't take her. They'd only take their biological kids, and she stayed at the auntie's house. So she never was sort of included anyway. He he decided they'd go as a family to Disney World, you know, wanted to take this girl with her, um, his new daughter with him. And so... um, Leading up to it, her behaviour escalated into, you know, crazy stuff. Like she would steal food when all she had to do was ask and she'd get a snack. Um, She was telling lies and, um, yeah, just really behaving bad. And then I'll read you this. um, A couple of days before our family headed to Florida, I pulled our daughter into my lap to talk about her latest escapade. I know what you're going to do, she stated flatly. You're not going to take me to Disney World, are you? The thought hadn't actually crossed my mind, but her downward spiral suddenly started to make some sense. She knew she couldn't earn her way into the Magic Kingdom. She trialled and failed that test several times before. So she was living in a way that placed her as far as possible from this magical place on earth. He's saying, he's embarrassed to admit, but in that moment he's tempted to turn her fear by saying, um, if you start behaving um, better, you're right. Um, Unless you start behaving better, you're right, we won't take you. But by God's grace, he didn't. And he said, is this trip something we're doing as a family? She nodded. Are you part of this family? She nodded again. Then you're going with us. Sure, there may be consequences to help you remember what's right and wrong, but you're part of our family. We're not leaving you behind. Anyway, it goes on. I mean, he just loved her. Um, They went there, and leading up, there was still bad behaviour and stuff like that. (coughs) But they got there, and um, after their first day, she was a changed girl. He could see it in her whole demeanour. And that night as he um, clo- tucked her into bed and he said to you, how was your first day at Disney World? She said after a few minutes, Daddy, I finally got to go to Disney World. But it wasn't because I was good. It's because I'm yours. Because I'm yours. It doesn't matter you know, our behaviour doesn't make it whether we receive God's love or not. No matter what we do, whether it's good or bad, God's love, God's grace is always there. 
And some of the examples of his grace, you know, this guy's saying, the insanity of a shepherd who puts 99 sheep at risk to rescue the single lamb. The love of the father who hands over his finest rings and robes to a young man who squandered his inheritance. It's just, you know, God's grace. So God doesn't cause the thorns, I just want to say. God doesn't cause the thorns. Sometimes he allows them and he allows them to stay and that's when his grace is sufficient. God didn't cause like COVID to come. Like that's just been crazy the last sort of 18 months with COVID and people going crazy stupid and Things that we're running out on, like going to the supermarket, you know, at the start, and they'd wiped out the toilet rolls. I was just like, how stupid can people be sometimes? Like, they might be starving to death, but I've got toilet paper. I can still wipe my butt, you know. It's like, why would you not take food if you're going to store something? Why toilet paper? Where are they getting these things from? I reckon people have still got a supply of toilet paper, the ones that did it in their cupboards. I used to, you know, I, I ended up, because I went to the, I'll just tell this story. I went to the supermarket. It's probably, no, it's not nothing, but I um, went to the supermarket because we were running low and I'd worded up the Amy and the others in our house, like, if you see toilet paper, get it, you know, because there's just none and we're running low. And I went to the supermarket at 6.50 to stand out the front, you know, to get in there first off. And there was about six or seven people standing out there, same idea, like they were laughing, you know. They were saying people were driving up from Melbourne to, you know, raid our shops and everything like this. Anyway, she opens the door to open it and she goes, if you're out there waiting for toilet paper, there's no delivery. So, and this guy, this old guy goes, oh... I have to keep on ripping newspaper up. And I'm like, oh, no, like, he's really bad. So the next time when I could, I got an extra um, packet of toilet paper and I left it in my boot because I always thought, I always wanted to, you know, because some of the elderly people were struggling to get things and I thought if I hear somebody, you know, upset or, you know, missing out, I wanted to bless them. But anyway, it's still in my boot. There might come a day, you never know. Anyway, where is I? Okay, so yeah, <laughs> there's no shortage of God's grace. <laughs> We're short in toilet paper, but nah, <laughs> no shortage. Um, you know, God is so good. God, God doesn't say, Karen, you're up to 9,999, you know, one more, you're out. It's just God's grace, God's love. And see, with Paul, because Paul was so great, like an academic, you know, all this sort of stuff, he's telling us here that he knew the reason was so that he wouldn't get a big head, so he wouldn't become conceited, that he had this area in his life that he was struggling with, but God allowed it to stay there because it kept him humble. It kept him 
um, from getting conceited and a big head. So God does remove thorns and then sometimes he doesn't. Now, when I was reading this and meditating about it, um, I thought, I'll just skip because I've got, like I usually have things in my Bible because I might be reading part of the Old, the New Testament and a Psalm. And I thought, I'll just do my Bible reading. And I, the place that I went to in the New Testament was right up to Mark 4. And this is the parable about the farmer that sowed the seed. So I'm not going to read it all, but there were the different ones. It sowed it onto um, the path. Some fell on the rocky place. And verse 7, Mark 4 verse 7 says, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. And I thought, oh, that's funny. I'm, you know, reading about thorns and now I'm reading another thing about thorns. And so I was like, there's something in here that God wants me to see. So then Jesus went in and he said what the different um, seeds represent. And at verse 18, he said, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And it got me thinking, oh, you know, you just sit on that scripture because why has he brought me to somewhere with thorns again? Why am I looking at this? And I was thinking, this is talking about Christians being unfruitful. It's talking about people that are Christians, that they have all these thorns that are around them, the deceptions of life, the desires of um, life, and it chokes them and causes them not to be fruitful. And we as Christians are supposed to be fruitful. But then, like this is saying, the things out there, you know, of the world, they come in on us as we are Christians and they deceive us, they distract us, they, you know, choke us. So what fruit then is coming out of our lives? What are we doing for God? What are we blessing, you know, other people? There are different kinds of thorns. I'm going to name a few, you know, Worries, because it mentions that, you know, anxiety, people-pleasing, fear, chasing after money, fame, addiction to drugs, alcohol, pornography, gaming, gambling. They're all distractions that choke us and cause us from being fruitful. So we have some thorns that we need to look at ourselves inside and think, you know, what are my thorns? If you don't know your thorns, some are pretty, like, stand out there for yourself. Like, you know, you know, that maybe you've got a problem with anger. 
you know, and you, you know, you're just so angry at people, you're not going to bear any fruit. Where's that anger come from? Sometimes we need to look at not just the thorn, but what's caused that thorn. Like, was there rejection in that person's um, life? Younger, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get you to understand. Sometimes a thorn, it comes from something that's happened in your life and you manifest it that way. But that can cause you from being fruitful. So we need to, we need to look and, and say, you know, God, what, what is it? What are my thorns? Now, when you're praying that, you're going to know, according to this, God is going to either help you and you're going to get resolved. And, you know, sometimes you need to go to somebody, but be careful who you go to about your thorn. You might need some counselling. You might need a bit deeper, somebody to help you through this. But whoever you go to, make sure that they're a trusted person. Make sure, you know, it's your pastor or someone like that, don't share it with, you know, everybody because they'll be like, do you know what they do? You, know, you don't want people um, saying that. But the scripture does talk about, you know, going to people and confessing your sins in the way that you get that prayer support, you get that accountability, you get somebody that's going to come beside you and help you on this journey. That because the enemy wants you to keep it in the dark. Because he can keep it in the dark, he will use condemnation, shame, guilt, and you'll just not deal with that, and then you are not being fruitful. Sometimes it's a matter of just, you know, pleading with God, God, I'm sorry, you know, take this away. And God will. Like with my um, drugs. It, it, he just took it away. Other times God's going to say, my grace is sufficient with me preaching. He won't take that. And then the last one that I thought about was when Jesus died on the cross, they placed a crown of thorns on his head. They made a crown and then they dug it into his head. Those thorns represent all our sins. He bore all our sins. He bore all our thorns that we still have in our lives, that we still will need to deal with. And you're never going to be perfect. But when God brings something to light to show you, you need to deal with it. So it's quite interesting, you know, having God take me on this journey with the thorns and then to see finally, you know, the crown of thorns on Jesus' head. He bore our sins. He bore our thorns. He bore our mistakes for his great love. I'll finish with this scripture, Romans three twenty four. Yet God, in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. In his grace. We don't have any penalty for our sins now. He's bore that. 
His grace, his amazing love is always there. Don't let the enemy beat you down. Don't let the enemy, you know, come against you with condemnation because we all have thorns and some are more, you know, we hide because of the shame, because of the guilt, because of, I shouldn't be doing that. I keep stuffing up, you know. I challenge you this week to spend some time with God and lay it down before God. I need help, God. I need, whether it's to see the root of this issue, why do I keep doing this? Help me, God. The Bible says you call out upon the Lord and he will save you. Spend time with him. Spend time reading his word. He will, what will set you free? The truth. The truth will set you free. And who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. He is the way. And he bore all those sins that you even still struggling with, still dealing. Do not let the enemy condemn you. Bring it out into the light. Okay, I'm going to finish in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just praise you and I thank you for your grace, for your son, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you at any time, Lord, and you are there. Your love never stops. No matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, your love stays the same. And I pray for each person that is hearing this today, Lord, that you open the eyes of their heart and mind, Lord, to what you want to challenge them in an area, Lord, and that they would lay it down and know that either your grace is going to cover it or it's something that they need to bring out into the light to get the right help to um, even just to lay it before you. Whatever it might be, Lord, we pray that your hand be upon it. We thank you for this day and pray your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen.